Listener Production. Hey, Tom here with you for the weekend briefing. And this episode is an incredibly open, honest, and wide ranging conversation with literally the most popular person on TV right now. He actually has the Logie to prove it. I'm talking about Tony Armstrong. And the TV week Logie goes to Tony Armstrong! So Tony Armstrong is the former AFL player who then suddenly seemed like he was everywhere. His moustache, his cheeky smile is now all over our TVs. So the backstory with Tony is that he had an Indigenous father from Barrambinia country in far western New South Wales, but he was raised by his white mother in Sydney and then out in the country where the dream kicked in to be an AFL player. And the dream really took off. He played for the Adelaide Crows, the Sydney Swans and Collingwood, but In 2015, the footy dream ended. He was cut from Collingwood for basically not cutting it. It was heavy. He was still in his mid-20s and the dream that he'd worked his whole life for was over. Then you cut to now and he's in an absolutely purple patch. He's the sports presenter on ABC TV News Breakfast, a regular on the project. He's on The Weekly. He has two Logies. He's done two documentary series with the ABC and he's now got a podcast called The Pool Room, which we'll discuss But in this interview, what we're going to do, we're going to find out what happened in between, how he rebuilt from the sudden end of his football career to what he's doing now and what shaped him in between. And funnily enough, it turns out that I actually met him in person in 2015, right as he was hitting that painful moment of letting go of his AFL dream and his whole identity, basically. And we met, of all places, deep in the back room of a nightclub where all good conversations happen, of course. And at that point, neither of us had any idea where his life would eventually go and where it's come to now. So let's get into it. Hey, Tony, thanks so much for coming on The Weekend Briefing. Hey, Tom, it's great to see you, mate. Uh, good to good to see that things are going well for, for you. It's been, a, it's been a while since we've had a chat. Yeah, it's been way too long. Um, actually, the first conversation we ever had was a very interesting one. It was about almost exactly nine years ago in the back room of a Melbourne nightclub, and you and I had a, a great D&M. Not sure if you remember. I do. Um, <laughs> I do. But in hindsight, that was a very interesting turning point or maybe just before a turning point in your life, what's happened since, you know, in the last nine to 10 years for you has been wild to witness. Um, So let's go back to that moment. Yeah. Because looking at the history books, you were right at the end of your footy career, probably going through one of the toughest points of your life. Yeah, it's funny. I didn't think we were going to be talking about alleyways and nightclubs but um here we are <laughs> um but no uh yeah we did we we had a ch- i can't remember the name of the place but it was it's down it, it used to be down a corner probably still is um down this little alleyway upstairs somewhere in melbourne it was great we were having a great old time <laughs> but yeah i was coming to the end of of um my footy career and probably about to have a bit of an existential crisis i reckon i didn't realize mm. it at the time um, I didn't realize how much of my identity was was wrapped up in football. I didn't know what I didn't know. So when footy finished, yeah, I had a full-on identity crisis because so, my, my whole adult mm. life and even the late, I guess my late teens as well, I, I had always just viewed myself as sort of, 
like the footballer and the person were inseparable. And then I kind of realized a few years out that that was just a job I did and you know, who, who I am and who, who I was, who I'm trying to be now isn't, isn't the TV dude or the podcast guy. That's, you know, they're things I do and sure they add to my identity, but I don't think they're who I am. And I think having that separation is really important, but at the time I, I had no idea. So I was kind of, I was walking the plank without realizing it, so to speak. Well, that's the power of a big life change, isn't it? That <laughs> yeah. you you learn that <laughs> the pain and the the, te- the teacher that pain is, but also that you learn that whatever stage of life you go through, there's these commonalities that make you who you are, that you'll tank through each of them rather than being pegged to the external part of the identity that you had. It's amazing as well how hindsight <laughs> like allows you to look at it and just so clearly see what you didn't realize. I know I'm a, like I mm. must sound like a washed up fossil, but it's like <laughs> it's it's so funny because if like you know sort of twenty five year old me was listening to thirty four year old me, I'd say shut up, like like shut up, man. You know um, what do you know? I know I'm twenty five. I'm twenty six. I've lived. I know what's going on. It takes a long time, I think to become properly comfortable in yourself as well. And then my, I, and I think once you get to that point, once you become comfortable in yourself, then you can actually detach what you're doing from your identity, I think, a little bit more mm. because you kind of stop caring, right? Like you, mm. you just worry about doing the things you know makes you who you are, a good person, all those kind of things, and then everything else is just kind of how you keep the lights on, I, I suppose. Mm. So what were the next few years like? So we're talking from your last game of footy, which was 2015. Mm. Where does your life go from there? Talk us through the next few patches. Oh, man. Like I was – I struggled a bit. I bounced around going to a few jobs. Um, yeah, just played a bit of local footy. I, I needed the cash. I was like very – I was very much living a, um, you know, paycheck to paycheck type – um, lifestyle, mm. really aimless. You know, I I wow. I tried to write it. Not tried. I did write a few articles, some opinion pieces in in the rags down here, here being Melbourne, and that was okay. Like they went all, all right, but I don't really, and I didn't really think there was a huge future in it. Um, I was just basically taking whatever opportunity came my way, and then mm. fortuitously. I ran into Chris Johnson, um, former Brisbane Lion, now working at Channel 7 amongst other things um, mm. as a pundit. And there there still is an Indigenous, National Indigenous radio service. And he just asked me, he goes, brother, like, would you consider doing some special commentary? Now, this must be 2017, 2017, 2018 mm. maybe, around then. Maybe it was 2019 even. Anyway. There was a big patch of time where I was doing where I was doing not much. That is a few years in between, though, to sort of after a heavily regimented life of elite level training and games and your whole calendar being set out for you. That there's some big gaps of some big spaces of time. 
Yeah, no, no, no. So, like, I really struggled, um, basically, is what I'm saying. And then a fortuitous knock, like, knock on the, the figurative door mm. um, by Chris Johnson. And then that kind of snowballed. I said, yeah, why not? Everything else I'm struggling with. And then, yeah, I just started commentating. So, sorry, I started doing special comments. And, I, and then I tried my hand at play by play commentary. And then everything just kind of snowballed. Like, I feel like I had a knack for it instantly. Mm. Uh, and then I kind of found something that I could put all that regimented hard work stuff into um, because before that I didn't really have anything to channel it into. Mm. And then, you know, I fast forward not that long, six years, give or take, mm. to, to where we are now and, you know, things are <laughs> far sight different. I've got to say, yeah. um, we get told that if you work hard at something, you get what you want. Um, you know, it's like hard work pays off. This symmetrical, yeah, yeah, symmetrical relationship between hard work and the payoff. And there's so many other factors that go into it that can change that equation and send it any direction. Exactly, yeah. and I think you know you hang your hat on that as well. You keep on hanging your hat on it when things aren't going well. So for me, it was like not getting picked in footy, this, that, the other but you're working hard. So eventually the wheel will turn and then it doesn't. And you're like, Oh God, <laughs> I'm, I'm caught out. I'm in the ocean. The tide's out and I've got my pants <laughs> down, you know, like <laughs> yeah. the problem with the work, the work hard fallacy is that then you end up just blaming yourself if it doesn't work out. But you know, it's, it's sport. There's winners and losers. Oh, I know. It's there about DNA. It's there about the size of your body, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 And and yeah, it took a it took a lot of a lot of hard work uh, on my mind, you know, going going to therapy mm. and all that kind of stuff. To to did you you went to therapy yeah, to help you work yeah, through it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have to. And how did it help? What did it What did it do? Oh, just I think probably the biggest thing is letting go, um, and also being comfortable enough with having, in my case, an honest man's pillow. You know, knowing that I could go to bed without stressing about, oh, if I did that, oh, if I did that, you know, I, I, just, I, try, I tried my ass off and it didn't work out and it's okay as well. That's the other thing. I guess it's easy. It's so easy to say. I've been really lucky. I've had things go my way in this chapter of my life. Maybe when, you know, the coin got, got, got flipped to whatever benevolent God you, you, you may or may not believe in when they were coming up with <laughs> whatever it was that um, the future had in store for me, it's worked out for me more than it hasn't in this chapter. But, that, but the same ethos of, you know, working hard and all that kind of thing gives me the best opportunity. But if things don't work out, that's okay too. I've, it's happened before. It, it might happen again and I'll be okay. Success can bring stress, which is kind of sad in a way. Like you, <laughs> you get what you want and then you're so scared it won't last that you really stress about working really hard to make sure it does last. I mean, that's one way of approaching yeah, yeah, it. The yeah. other way of approaching it is just being, being super grateful and thinking it's fantastic and being really chill and happy. Which category are you, are you falling into at the moment, given you're in a, a part of your life that's working? Yeah. Um, I still get confused. Like sometimes... Sometimes I, I still forget the chapter of life I'm in. And so I'll be like, why are people looking at, oh, that's. <laughs> I'm on TV. Yeah. 
That's why. Um, and I find I find the whole like 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 the whole notion of sort of like telly and all that kind of stuff. It's it's really mm. funny because when you're in a public eye for a job, it, there's there's kind of like this duality. It's like I, I like the work. I like doing all the work. I don't necessarily love the attention that comes with it, but I understand mm. as well that is a part of it. Um, so yeah, I like, I'm super grateful. That's for sure. And I also, I reckon I've come from an even more fickle industry in footy. Hmm. I reckon it's even more fickle than the media landscape. So I've seen how quickly the, the wind can change. Um, so I'm just trying to enjoy it, man. Um, yeah. Trying, trying, trying to enjoy all of it. Cause far out, you know what it's like. You just end up in some bloody weird situations. You're just interviewing some mm. people and you're like, holy crap, you know, that was Oprah. <laughs> you're like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is freaking weird. And then you're like, gee whiz, Oprah's kept me waiting. I'm upset about this. You know, and you're like, what's going- <laughs> what universe am I in? Shut up, Tone. That's you when know? you're really famous. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I mean, that's like I interviewed her once and I had to get back to Melbourne. I was away with my um with my girlfriend and I had to get back to Melbourne for Melbourne Writers Week. I was I was on a panel. Um and I had to get up at like 5am to interview Oprah because like she was coming from um, North America. It was like one of those junkets, yeah. you know, you get like five minutes for the listener. Yeah. You, you yeah. get like, yeah. you just sit there waiting in like a holding zoom link. Imagine this. And then boom, there it is. It's like, there's Oprah. And you're like, Whoa. And Welcome then you've got, the show. Yeah. yeah. And then as you know, you've got like the, the, the um, publicist in the corner going three minutes left, but, but the thing was yeah. they kept pushing back the interview. So then I was upset because I was letting people down back in Melbourne. I was about an hour and a half out that I was going to be late to another panel. So I'm like, oh, bloody, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's a good excuse. You rock up and you go, yeah, sorry, guys. It's better than better than traffic. Yeah. Oh, no, Oprah's held us up. I think, I think we can understand <laughs> that, guys. But, yeah, so, you know, it's- you've got you to gotta pinch yourself sometimes and go, far out. That 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 wasn't on the bingo card. A question I would never get asked in an interview would be, "What's it like getting um, abused because of your race?" Or, "What's it like being a, sp- a spokesperson for your people?" Yeah. No one's ever going to ask that of me for obvious <laughs> reasons. Hey, man, stuff it, <laughs> stuff it. Let's let's make it you. <laughs> what's it, no thanks. What's it like? No, no, Tom. What's it like having like I just I guess every single part of the system work in your in your in your advantage. What's that like? <laughs> well, I don't even know. Pretty it, good. Tony, so there you go. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that obviously you've talked about this. It just brings another layer of pressure and stress is is that hard for you or have you found a way to kind of compartmentalize it or how do you how do you deal with it no man it's um it's ever evolving uh i think you go through you i'm that's such footy speak i go through um oh yeah you know you know i go through i go through i guess different phases sometimes i'm feeling really like 
I want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, and just go hack. I get really angry and frustrated and sometimes I find it, it takes a lot for me to find a balanced, you know, articulate way to talk about things where I don't – where I still say what's important. I still run it straight, so to speak, but, you know, I'm, I'm not lo- – the message isn't lost in the way that I'm in in the way that I'm delivering it um, because I think that's really important because I I do find that you know whenever I have spoken out or whenever I do I've got to make sure it's measured because the second there's something else that can be spoken about rather than the message that ends up inevitably being what is spoken about oh geez he was so angry I wish he had of delivered that in a certain way. So I, so, so, so there's like that way that I do it and feel, but then other, other times it makes me quite sad as well. Um, not, not sad necessarily to do it, just sad that it has to be done. When you say it has to be done, what do you mean exactly? Oh, like for instance, I sometimes think, we we walk past a lot of uh, i sometimes think we walk past circumstances that need to be addressed and sometimes they aren't and i feel a responsibility which i'm both grateful for and um trying to live up to to speak, to to speak, and to not walk past it, um, mm. because I I have been afforded this very unique space. Uh, I've I've been afforded a very unique space within Australia's social and media landscape. Mm. I think where yeah. I know my voice carries, um, mm. and so that's really important. Um, and it's important to me and my friends and my family that, you know, I'm doing the best I can and I'm going to stuff up in terms of, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to miss opportunities. That's inevitably going to happen. Um, but I'm always going to do my best, but I do, I do feel that responsibility always of, Mm. Yeah, like you said when you asked the question, it is. It's just another layer. I even I even felt it when I, so I became the first Aboriginal person to commentate play by play in in the commercial um, AFL landscape on radio. Wow. Okay, and I felt that pressure going into the box. I remember being like, "Geez, if I stuff this up." You know, it's mm. it's unfairly going to be that 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 will then be a judgment that is cast on the next the next person coming through. You're carrying the carrying the weight of all those other other indigenous kids that would have loved to have been there for maybe decades or or more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's um, yeah, it's just just one of those things where I. I just have another layer of thought. I've been asked before, you know, do you think it's fair? But it just is. 
nothing's fair. No, nah, exactly. <laughs> like, life just is a mess. Yeah, life's, yeah. life's relentless. <laughs> it comes <Yeah>. at you. <laughs> okay, so you're talking about doing a lot of, you're making a lot of calculations on the run. You're thinking about people's expectations. You're balancing out your own feelings. You talked about there are moments you feel rage, but you have to think carefully about when and how to share that mm. message, how people are read it. That, that's a lot of very complex calculations you're making on the run. And and from my observation, you've done incredibly well to balance thank that. You. Um, really? Like <laughs> thank you think you. about the moments where you've really you've really you've really gone for it sometimes. You know? You've called Australians racist. You've yep. then been challenged about that and and backed it up. But then you've been able to turn around and do the fun chit chat on the couch the next morning on <laughs> on TV. You've had to respond to the voice. You knew that people would want to know what you'd think about it. You were a mix of being self-deprecating and honest, but also earnest. So, yeah, I, th- I think you've run an amazing set of calculations in that brain of yours, mate. <laughs> oh, mate, that's that's really nice. I think, to be honest, I've just tried to be as true to myself as well. Like with my friends, even even with some of my best friends from school, for instance, I know that when I get really upset and really – and I guess I should preface this by saying there will be no judgment from them if I was to ever, you know, be – you know, so upset, mm. so, so emotional. But then even, even then when I reflect on, say, how a conversation may have gone – that conversation is how, how were you? Like, like just how are you rather than what is it? Like, like <laughs> do mm. you know what I mean? So even, yep. even then I, in my personal life, I've found the most success has been trying to always make those count, like, like always try to be as close to myself and honest in the way that I think is the best way to get a message across or the best way to be mm. compelling. Yeah. I mean, that's something we all have to do to some extent, but it's, it seems to be a, there's a whole other layer of complexity and, and pressure when you're an yeah. identifiable Indigenous bloke. <laughs> oh, dude, I tell you what, I reckon the first six times I was on the project, it was so funny. I was like, oh, no, you know, like another huge issue. And it just so happens to have come out on the day I'm on the desk. And um, <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, if you've, if you've ever – I know this is to our audience um, uh, who's listening. It's crazy when you do the project because you'll be talking about, I don't know, a dog taking a shit in a in in someone's backyard, and then and then it's like bang, pivot, in, yeah, yeah. pivot into the most heavy thing ever, and then everyone on the desk just, boom, they turn their heads and they will look at you coming off the back of a package, and you just go, Ugh, I'm going to sum that up in 45 seconds. <laughs> and the producers in your ear going, in your ear. all right, we've got 45 seconds, go for it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mate, the floor the floor Crazy. is yours, the slate is clean. Forty five seconds I kept it tight. You know? <laughs> yeah. It is crazy the pressure. And no one else on that desk is experiencing exactly the same pressure you're under because of who you are. And it's you know, there's tough examples throughout history of what an indigenous person can say without kind of losing the audience. And your hero, Adam Goods, is, is yeah. the most probably heartbreaking example of this someone who was a massive hero but 
seemed to lose some of the audience and, and not a very nice part of the audience mm. in the AFL community um, because of how he expressed his um, Aboriginality and what he chose to take on and chose to take on and how how he expressed himself and people turned on him. Was that an example that you always kept a bit of an eye on? Yeah, man. I mean, just with Goodsy, I've I've had the privilege of um, – I get emotional thinking about Goodsy. I have had mm. the privilege of knowing him from a pure fan point of view and then mm. the privilege of – then getting to know him as a teammate and now knowing him as a dear friend and watching what happened to him almost like I had a front row seat, you know, I was, I was right there and Mm. it was incredible to see how everyone just wanted to ignore the facts Everyone ignored the facts. Like even weeks, months later, the some of the rhetoric was he was carrying on. He was making too much of a deal of it. Wasn't he a bit of a sook? Mm. You know, isn't he a bully? I mean, it was still is probably the biggest hit job I've ever seen. You know, like mm-hmm. this bloke has called out racism in his workplace. One of the greatest people to do that job of all time and he got yeah it was like a, it was it was like he was whacked by the mob it was mm. insane viewing and like all he was doing was calling it how he seed it and i think i think that is i think that is the thing that our country likes the least we really struggle to face up to where we're at at times. And it's mm. it's really frustrating because I think we perceive ourselves as one thing and I don't think we're quite what we think we are. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're really cruisy, but... Um, you know, yeah, we're really we cruisy. Give lot. us a rule, though. Give us a rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're really rebellious. No, yeah, no, 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 we're not. No, <laughs> mate. No, no, no. We are the most law-abiding joint almost in the world. Anyway. So boring. Not that, not that I'm saying like go out there and, you know, steal cars and all that kind of stuff, but it's like we're very subservient to authority is, I guess, so mm. cooked into our DNA. I think people don't even realise it. So are you are you calibrating the Adam Goods pain and the Adam Goods experience of the way his career ended into that equation that you're using to work out how to respond to really intense things in public? Uh, yeah, I, um, thank you for asking the question again because I realised I didn't um, answer it. Uh, yes, <laughs> um, but 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 I guess at a subliminal level, it's I'm not going. I'm mm. I'm not doing okay. The red, the red mist is descending here. I'm angry about this. Goodsy. I think it's more having been so close to it, you know, it's like permanently cooked into you in, in the way that you fall off a you – fall, you fall out of a tree at a really young age and then you've always got that somewhere. You might be inherently then afraid of heights or risk or whatever it might be. Oh, what a journey. So just the last thing on this this topic, yeah. um, 
when when the no vote came through, you you put up this graphic of a broken heart in the Indigenous flag mm. and said shattered. Yeah. What are your thoughts on it now and where to next, if anywhere, for that bigger national conversation? How do you? F- it feels like it's sort of dropped off the agenda despite everyone who was voting no saying there were better ways to do it. <laughs> um, where are we now? Oh, far out. Well, I think we're further back. Um, well, maybe, I guess, to be honest, we're in – we're in the exact same place. We're stagnant. Um, I mean, to give an example of just kind of how these movements uh, don't always end, like, like you don't always end up with positive results. Like, do you remember all the goodwill from Black Lives Matter? Do you remember how mm. boy, how buoyed and how hopeful everyone was feeling? I mm. think for like two years after that, deaths in custody the rate of deaths in custody was actually climbing. Mm. So it's there's like a real disconnect, I think, with what we feel and what is. And mm. right now, and right now, I mean, there's so many, there's so many people putting in hard work, like fighting for what they think is best, fighting from within a system. I don't know enough about law, to be honest, to mm. know how and what could change and what will change. Mm. I'm still quite defeated, to be honest. Um, it was – I remember watching and it was it was so quick. It was demoralizing. Mm. Like, you know, night. you're watching the yeah. – yeah, you're watching the telecast because, like, they know, right? They call the states and the territories. And they just go bang, bang, yeah. bang, bang. And before you knew it, like, <laughs> it was like, oh, I've barely sat down. Yeah, you're settling in for a night on the couch with Anthony Green where it's going to oh, at least drag Anthony Green, he's got, the, he's got the boards going. It's like, And then before you know it, it's like, uh, uh, uh. I mean, we sound flippant yeah. and I sound flippant, but it was um, ugh, just, just sad again. Like, I just know there's a lot of people who have worked for so long who won't ever see who won't ever see the fruits of their labor unfortunately and that and that makes me sad for them let's talk about some things that are a lot more fun like um well we started the conversation talking about partying we met we met on a big night out <laughs> and i um, was doing i was doing a bit of research for this interview and I heard you talking to Zan Rowe and um, yeah, a lot of gratuitous references to ox chords and at kick-ons and choosing the tunes and you, you <laughs> through that interview I learned you had a, a real affinity with kind of euphoric dance music but then it's occurred to you me. You knew that. You knew had, that. I knew that. It was, <laughs> see it on your face. Um, that it was like you've had the most, least suitable careers for someone who likes a, a good night out. You You were a football player. So, I mean, people sort of see them as actually as, you know, they see them yeah. on Monday in the paper. But re- but really, a lot of the time you got to kind of keep it under. That's a life of that. abstinence you- generally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And now you've got a job that's a 2 a.m. start <laughs> on ABC News Breakfast. So exactly the wrong time of day. So, and you're still, still only young. You're 34. Yeah. 
is there time where you relax? How do you how do you do you given your life your life and your work? I find a way. Don't worry. Um, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> I find a way. Um, oh, I tell you what, though. Like I'm, I think I'm just so so good at sleeping. Like mm, it's a good skill. Yeah. So in the middle of the week, um, in between doing my bits and bobs, I'll sleep so much during the day. Um, drop of a hat, I get I get my sleep because I do I do value my time with my friends, going to see gigs, going to watch bands, watching Rona play, mm. all that kind of stuff. Um, it is fun, you know. We both like we both know how how fun it is, and and people listening, you all know how 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 nice it is to kind of. It's not necessarily escapism because I like what I do, um, but it's it's nice to be able to 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 have your focus kind of. It's almost a form of mindfulness, I think, being present mm. in a conversation or present in a moment with your friends at dinner or or at the club or whatever it might be. So, yeah, I think having having that duality is really important for me. And I know, and I know, at some point, that duality will look different. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. still, I'm still enjoying it while it lasts. Yeah. Well, the the thing I, I got from listening to your story a bit more is, you know, you're you're an only child, and from what I can gather, an extreme extrovert. Um, you got your energy from people. That's why you love footy, connecting with the team, being part of the the brotherhood, the club. Um, your, your job is very social and I think that's why it's working for you. It sits well with you, whereas um, for some people that really drains their energy their energy being around a lot of people. We all need to recharge to some extent. But, yeah. But I'm an, I'm an extreme extrovert as well. I, just, I love being surrounded by people. It's how I grew up. It feeds you and for you it seems like that's why this, this phase of life is, even though it's hard work and terrible, um, terribly early starts, it's – it's working for you because you it suits your personality. It's just it's you. Yeah. I mean, and like the hard work, the hard work aspect of it, I mean, that's by choice. It's why it's why we both work hard, you know, like mm. um, there's a sense of professional pride and personal pride as well in trying in trying to do a good job. You don't always we we all, mm. in, in whatever job you do. But then yeah, I mean, I love I love being around people. I love that. I also do love coming home, pulling the blinds down. They're down now. Um, <laughs> and just like sinking into the couch and just, you know, phone down. I think I think I'm extreme both ways if I'm being honest. Mm. Seriously, sometimes after a huge week, I will come home and I will just not talk to anyone for 12 hours and that's the best. But then I'm like, cool, time to go out. <laughs> you know, um, the vampire <laughs> comes out of its. The vampire comes out of the coffin, <laughs> and and yeah. uh, and uh, out I go. But um, yeah, I mean, how lucky to be afforded the opportunity to be in a space where connecting with people, connecting and connecting through screens or through or through ears as well um, is is how I make my living. I I can't believe it. I mean. Cop that, all the teachers who said I talk too much. Cop that, <laughs> your dogs. Nah. <Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't mean that. No, nah, they're all they're all actually really lovely. You were just really up. You were practicing. <laughs> no, well, to be honest, I actually had a I actually had a great relationship with all my teachers because I think I made them laugh. They were like, "Oh, you're not going to go anywhere, but <laughs> you're funny." <laughs> just you wait. <laughs> yeah. Hey, before we let you go. Just let's just um, touch on the podcast, the pool room. It's one of your many many projects. Um, really quirky sports stories, like Arthur, the first yeah. bloke to ride across the Nullarbor on a push bike. Um, what do you love about doing this podcast? What I love, if we if if we go back a step, like sort of, if you think before the podcast, mm. you you and I, we met, trading stories, deep and meaningful, like 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 chats, all that kind of stuff, but. Being someone who loves being around people, I love telling stories and ripping yarns. Like, you know when you hear someone tell a tall mm. tale and you're like, oh, my God. Well, this is what <laughs> that podcast is, right? It's yeah. ten, like you can just imagine at the dinner table in a social setting, someone having just got off the tram or out of the Uber or whatever it might be, mm. they walk into the pub and they go, yo, have you heard this? And just holding court for yeah. 10 minutes, ripping a yarn about whoever it might be. And you go, geez, that is sick. Well, that's what this podcast is. Exi- like, that's it. It's 10 minutes, mm. roughly. They're these brilliant sporting stories, um, ones you haven't heard before. Like, we've all heard about Kathy Freeman winning 400 at the Sydney Olympics. Yeah. But, you know, we. <laughs> We haven't heard about the bloke, the Japanese marathon runner who got lost and then found 20 years later. Like, like we haven't heard these stories. We haven't heard the stories about, you know, the flying or the non-flying Dutchman. Uh, we haven't heard all of these stories. And they're a great way to learn about the weird stuff that happens in sport that I think makes sport so, so great. You know, they, it brings mm. together people from all walks of life, chucks them into all sorts of circumstance. And then they're all trying their best. So yeah, I love that. I love doing the podcast, and I hope people enjoy listening because it's um, a lot of hard work goes into it from a lot of from a lot of very clever people. So yeah, yeah, it is told like you've just stepped up into the bar and given your best ten minutes, but you yeah. can tell there's a lot of research and history that goes into that that story. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the pool room. Get around it in um, in your favorite podcast app with Tony Armstrong and. Um, yeah, let's let's. We, there's many things we could discuss, but let's leave it here for now. Um, life is long, mate. Thank you so much. It's so nice to have a chat with you, man. I, I always love seeing what you're doing, and um, yeah, last time we spoke, you weren't a father, um, and yeah. uh, it, it looks it looks bloody good on you, mate. Congratulations. That was Tony Armstrong. Um, that was such an enjoyable conversation, an amazing journey he's been on, and so reflective but still funny at the same time amazing thank you so much for listening as well love to know what you thought of that interview please dm the briefing on instagram or jump into the comments on the post on instagram and if you want more of these types of interviews the best thing you can do and this also helps us reach more followers as well is to make sure you're subscribing if you're listening in apple Podcasts, or follow if you're listening on spotify or whatever it is in the app that you're listening please follow us and subscribe Uh, It helps us bring you all the interviews that we produce. Also helps us find other listeners in those apps. And of course, don't forget, there is the listener app as well, which is basically a great content house of all these amazing podcasts. So that's the listener app, spelled listener without the E. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll catch you again very soon.
Listener.